0: Geek shock,
1: Deke shock. Since Steve's gonna be so drunk,
2: right? <laughs> well,
0: I you still know what? got uh,
2: three quarters of an inch of
3: this bottle left. So there you go.
0: <laughs> we'll get him to I... sing Thunderball yet.
3: That's well, right. Steve only has only been toasted on the show a couple times. And Barry's toasted every time. So, you know, he's yeah, got yeah. catching up to do anyway. That actually <laughs> explains a lot.
0: To Professor Biggs,
3: and that's yeah. another
0: toast. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm about I'm about drunk enough to start. <clears throat> All right.
4: Oh, wait, I'll catch up then. Mustard. <laughs> well you said ketchup. <laughs> uh,
0: oh, uh, relish. I relish that joke, Jeff.
3: Yeah. Ladies and
2: gentlemen, boys and girls, a moment of silence. We For have the empty bottle. We have a dead soldier.
3: Oh uh, <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, that's that's not a eulogy, that's a warning.
4: <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I think your editing became tenfold tougher there, Todd. <laughs> oh
1: maybe we'll see. I ate before I got here. There you go. <laughs> oh great.
3: Everyone, let's take bets. Like an entire turkey. <laughs>
0: I know. you going to be like, Steve, red light or green light?
4: It appears to be both. I <laughs> vote for the vampire thing. He doesn't oh. need drinks for that. <laughs> oh, man. This is rude. Fucking,
0: fucking. Oh, what? Brad, you're talking about the Star Trek, uh, star, the uh, Star Trek con countdown. Yeah. And somebody pointed out Jerry Ryan has just canceled. And everyone's like, oh, blah, 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 blah. And some shit stain is just like, uh, somebody said, well, yeah, there's fear about the virus is spreading. And some shit stain is just like, yeah, the fear is spreading. (sighs) But they're all left wing anyway. So even if they showed up, they probably would have worn like 17 face masks. And it's just like. You know, it's it's funny because you're a dipshit and stupid, but at the same time, you're illustrating the whole the whole problem and dynamic that we're going through. I mean, with everything that's going on, that fucking cunt was just like, oh, you know, left leaning. I, oh, man. Oh, I thought you were talking about Jerry for a minute. I'm like, what?
4: No. <laughs> no, 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 no. Jerry yeah. Ryan is is very pro-mask and very pro-vaccination.
0: Actually, also, somebody actually chimed in that, you know, from an encounter they had years ago, they felt that she felt that she was too good for cons and the fans. And holy shit, did she get piled on. A lot of people came to Jerry's defense. Yeah, I would have been one of them because
2: uh, her her experience working the opening days of Star Trek: The Experience were she was great, and yeah. her family was great.
5: What and Trooper.
2: Besides all the presses she had to do the day that she was officially there as part of the opening, she came back the next day with her family. You know, rode the ride and all that kind of stuff with just her family and her kids and everything. And, and she her husband,
0: just... her father, would stand yeah. there with people on the bridge and be like, "Isn't she hot? My daughter's really hot." <laughs> yeah. I and mean, well, and he know. would be like, "He'd be like, oh, and by the
2: way, I'm I'm one of nine.
5: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: Very nice. So she's not uh, coming to the con this year. So cancel your 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 reservation at the Green Door. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Whoa. Wow.
2: God.
0: wow. That what would only
2: be if she side. were coming with her ex. Yeah. <laughs> God, uh. Andy. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Welcome, folks, to Geek Shock number 599. I am Yay! Master Torgo
0: 80 Jeff. 55K. Back
3: checked, Andy. Professor Biggs. And we're here to talk Weekend Geek. Wow, five ninety nine. We're almost to six hundred, gentlemen. Oh yeah. my
2: God! Uh, do you don't guys you have do... anything? Let me, you, let me
4: tell you. Let me tell you. Six hundred is going to be huge. Huge,
3: yeah. <laughs> Bigly, that... Bigly. I, I could you- you do that around. just to piss piss me off, don't you, Jeff? You just, <laughs> you just can't help yourself, but to... I-, I know you. You are the king of the pop culture reference, but that's its own category. <laughs>
2: Maybe. I, are are there gonna be Because uh, I know Deb and Barry are moving back are they are are there any plans
3: let's 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 keep that under wraps that's uh uh maybe that's something we can reveal during six hundred uh, no promises, but we might might get Paul for episode six hundred so I just oh my again oh my god it's it's in the works so well, we're hoping we're hoping
0: well. I just have to say it won't be a proper six hundred without Professor Biggs. So well, I hope he'll you show very up. Much.
3: Well fuck okay, fine. Steve <laughs> you want to be part of it? <laughs> I could probably be persuaded
2: to stick around <laughs> Okay. It is, it is summer and I'm not technically employed again until October, so October? Yeah. What kind
0: of academic calendar do you guys have?
1: California one. <laughs>
3: So, gentlemen, what geeky things did you do this week? Um, well, first off, let, let's let's take this off the table. This week was the release of James Gunn's Suicide Squad.
4: The Suicide Squad.
3: The Suicide Squad. We, we have all seen it. So mm-hmm. at the end of this show, we're going to have a full spoiler discussion. So if you haven't seen it, we will give you plenty of warning before we start spoiling it. So just be aware that's coming up. So, for those that haven't seen it out there and don't want to be spoiled, what did you think of the suicide squad? I Love liked it, it. yeah,
2: I really I've uh, already seen it twice, me too so.
4: Steve,
2: yeah, in the theaters, by the way, yeah, yeah wow, I'm a crazy madman. The social distancing sadly kind of took care of itself <laughs> right
1: yeah, i I saw the last show with two or three other people in the building. And I saw the first show with three or four people.
3: Are you saying that people are still trepidatious about going out with a new and highly infectious variant? Imagine that.
0: Shocker. That's okay. It'll all change when Margot Robbie sues the studio. (laughs) 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 She's getting $20 She's worth I, every goddamn penny. 20 million. Oh,
3: boy. If James Gunn is going to do a superhero movie, I'm going to be there for that movie. Yes. Pure right? and simple. The man is great at making you fall in love with very shade of gray characters. Mm hmm.
0: Dude, yep. I I watched Suicide Squad and I wasn't even halfway through it when I'm like, holy shit. It just occurred to me, James Gunn really needs to be doing the D&D franchise of movies. <laughs> I I would actually love to see him doing any kind of fantasy or sword and sorcery franchise of movies. Because watching Suicide Squad, I was like, he totally knows what he would need to do. I'm it, surprised it, he didn't go to uh, James Gunn Star Trek. You know, well, no, uh, because uh, Star Trek's a different animal, really.
2: Yeah, oh. This is, it's what I I posted on Facebook was like, was like, I I don't care about the Snyderverse anymore. I, you know, screw the Snyderverse. I'd be totally in for a Gunverse, but not for every DC movie.
0: No, sure. Although, Steve, we, oh, a Gunverse Batman one-off. Just one movie Mm. would be awesome. Or I would even be... In for a gun
2: versus Superman movie, if they actually did with the with the Clark Lois dynamic, if they actually did what everyone keeps saying they're going to do and then they never do, which is kind of more of a, a his girl Friday kind of thing, where she's kind of a Rosalind Russell character. And, you know, Clark Kent's kind of the Cary Grant character. That dynamic would work great. But n- everyone says they're going to do it like in Lois and Clark,
1: but then they never actually do it. You have a reference for those of us who were, other was than just, cave, unfrozen caveman Andy here. I was
4: just gonna <laughs> say, now, Russell. I was just gonna say now, Biggs, <laughs> Hey, update, update your reference for people who are twenty years <laughs> and hey. a- Listen, twenty years. Let's, let's go for kid.
3: thirty years, forty years, baby. Thirty, 30 year old. Listen, okay. you
4: punk ass
2: kids, educate yourself. Go see a good, good uh, newspaper movie. See, see his girl Friday. See the original, the front page. Hell, see the remake with Jack Lemmon and Walter Matthau. Educate yourselves. Fuck off. <laughs> get off my lawn.
3: And I say, just watch Friday or next Friday. Either any of those three, you'll get there. You it. go. Or TGI Friday.
4: No, nobody needs okay. TGI Friday. <laughs> but
3: But th- this movie just entrenched my belief that i love marvel heroes because of their flaws but i love dc villains because of their flaws Mm -hmm. and dc is great because of their villains and marvel's good because of their heroes and both because the other side that's where the flaws are
2: yeah when we get to the spoiler thing i do want to talk about
3: the the, (laughs) the biggest the biggest bad oh of course of yeah. course. And boy, the internet was quick to spoil that for me. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> you, you, uh, mean, so,
4: you mean the trailer didn't spoil it for you?
3: I I didn't watch bu- much of the trailers. I watched like the first teaser and that was it. Uh,
4: yeah, well, when you're in a movie theater, you can't really avoid it. <laughs> oh,
3: Dude! Snap. Yes, you can! Close your goddamn eyes! I've, I've closed yeah. my eyes in plenty of trailers. Sit, close your eyes popcorn. and put your
2: fingers in your ears going la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la as loud as you can. Make
0: ass yeah. with the person you're next to. Yeah, sorry yeah. about that person.
3: <laughs> or just be 15 minutes late to the theater, and that way you skip them. A- but then I missed Maria Nunez.
4: Maria Menounos? <laughs> Menounos. There yeah. you go. Oh, wow, way off. <laughs> the 20, Maria yo. Menuna. I
1: assumed it was Frankie Munez with a
4: sex change. I wasn't sure. <laughs> oh. Wow. There
0: you-,
4: there you go again, Andy. Having trouble with them pronouns.
0: Oh man, that's some unwoke shit right there.
4: And the pronoun stuff is so fucking hard.
1: Oh
0: <laughs> next thing you'll be talking about Ellen Page. Wow.
2: <laughs> Steve.
0: No, you I'm... just made Todd's editing so
2: much more complicated. No, I'm nope. saying Andy would be talking about Ellen Page. I'm aware that
3: Elliot Page is the real what person. What are you da- Steve? <laughs> I'm just
5: saying.
3: He did, and he list. did that in such a way to create some weird echo effect to really <laughs> punctuate. Right.
0: Yeah, he's he's in my uh, he's in my living room, so I don't know how much <laughs> echo we're gonna get, Todd.
3: <laughs> he's in and your And he's getting room. drunker,
0: so he's gonna get louder.
3: Oh Christ on a cross! Right downstairs.
1: He's on your phone. <laughs> <laughs>
0: He's Listen, the podcaster is in your living room. <laughs> How are you? <ya? laughs>
3: so, uh, the bottom line if you haven't seen the Suicide Squad and you love Guardians of the Galaxy, don't miss it. Simple as yeah, that. He's great. Yeah.
0: J- James Gunn is just, he's the man. It's yeah. so now,
3: wonderful.
4: I don't want to. Talk anyone out of seeing it, but be aware it's a very dark humor sh- movie. Oh yeah. And I know there's a lot of people that don't like dark humor. I was laughing my ass off through the movie, but there were a couple, the other couple people in the theater weren't laughing quite as much. So be aware, it's you're, a dark you're comedy. You're missing
2: the grape or something.
4: What? what and, it, and it's violent as hell.
2: Carson just yeah. refilled my uh, Tennessee fire with fireball. Be part
3: of the solution and not the problem.
2: That, they're it's both
3: the problem. They're feeding <laughs> off each other. What did I do? Feeding is right.
0: I'm all just right. sitting here, all innocent and stuff.
3: I'm yeah, right.
2: To be the grown up here and and leave that as a sipping beverage. <laughs> the
0: grown up. <laughs> The guy there teaches are no a few 20-somethings how to recite Hamlet, and he's a grown-up. Grups, 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 <laughs> grups,
3: So we'll blah, talk blah, more about blah. about Suicide Squad later on. Uh, But in the meantime, gentlemen, what geeky things did you do this week? Uh, But only bring a few, if you don't mind, because we got a big show to do. Steve, what did you do?
2: First of all, Apple TV, Apple Plus TV, Apple, whatever it's called. Every show that I watch on there is great. So... Cancel all your other streaming services and watch Apple TV
3: Plus for a while because it's great for a while for for three to four weeks because at that point you've seen everything.
2: Well, exactly, but um, but for all mankind, great Ted Lasso, great Schmegadune, great, and I guess the one that mostly applies to to this show, Mythic Quest, surprised me because at first I thought it was going to be another. Oh, great. Shitty people doing shitty things to other shitty people. But it's actually more than that. It actually, there there are people that you root for in that show. And by the end of season two, you actually end up rooting for everyone. So I would say get past the first few episodes and binge Mythic Quest all the way to the end. Because they also have some standalone episodes that are just, they're Misty making and they're yeah. and they're really good and yeah. I heartily recommend mythic quest um if you're a geek uh on apple t v plus apple plus t v whatever it's called and of course <laughs> the the other thing that i did uh i I finally went on my pilgrimage to uh, oh. metropolis nerd uh, <laughs> boo boo nerd <laughs> nerd <laughs> alert. how dare you of course I've known about Metropolis since it was 1973 it was my first Comic Con when I came across the special souvenir edition of of uh, the amazing world of Superman Metropolis edition and in 1972 I guess as a, a way of trying to you know get some kind of tourist trade going somebody in the hard to call it city of metropolis, but definitely the town of metropolis. It's only got like 5,600 people. Um, Figured out that they were the only metropolis in the United States. And they went to DC comics and said, Hey, would it be okay if you guys officially recognized us as the home of Superman and DC comics at that time was like, Oh yeah, that's a great idea. Even do like this big treasury edition thing, kind of you know, acknowledging that because at the time there actually were plans on building a Superman themed amusement park in Metropolis, and Neil Adams actually did some concept art and everything for it. And then the energy crisis happened, and all the funding dried up for it. But ever since 1972, it's been officially recognized as the official home of, of Superman. And in the last probably three or four decades, they've actually done an annual Superman celebration, usually in June, uh, but but they had to skip last year, of course. And this year, as the vaccine started rolling out, they missed their June date, but they but they set it up in August. And I was like, oh, that works out perfectly for me. Um, and so I finally, I finally went to Metropolis, Illinois and, uh, went to the Superman celebration and it was a ton of fun. I will say that the quote unquote city of Metropolis is really more like Smallville, (laughs) but it's kind of awesome in that way. And the whole town is completely on board with their connection to Superman. They got the big giant Superman statue, Every store you walk into has Superman souvenirs, uh, you know, all the gas stations, everything like that. Uh, a lot of the local, you know, bars and restaurants and stuff have Superman themed meals and dinner plates and that kind of stuff. And so it's really kind of cool, especially if you're a big old Superman geek like me, uh, you know, and it was tons of fun. And then it I was pointed out that next year is the 50th anniversary of being recognized as the official home of Superman. And so I was like, okay, I'm gonna, I guess I'm gonna have to make, but I'm gonna have to make plans to get out here. Now it's usually the second week in June, which is around my birthday. So, like for instance, in 2013, which was the 75th anniversary of Superman, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera I was trying everything I could to get out there, but I was also teaching that sum- summer school. And I was like, okay, so my last class is on Thursday. Is there a way to get to the airport and get to the celebration, and then get back again by Monday? And it was it was ridiculous. It would have been like the airfare would have been like a thousand bucks. I would have only been there for like two days, and I was like, man, that's, that's I didn't have the thousand bucks, and I was like, dude, why
0: are you even teaching summer school, losers? Now you say
2: that. <laughs> but actually my summer school students are actually better as what? a whole oh. than my than <laughs> my than my regular fall and spring students as a whole. And I guess it's because if they're taking a summer school class, they actually want to be there.
4: <laughs> I uh I liked taking the summer classes because they're they're compressed, you yep. get through it a lot quicker. Even if you're working while taking the classes, and I can't speak to any other schools, but at KU, uh, we had a slight discount on the uh, price per credit hour for the summer classes. Yeah, we don't have, think, we don't have that anymore, was, but... I think it was only like 5 or $10 per credit hour, but still, you know, and you could take a maximum of two classes right. uh, in the summer. But yeah,
0: I like summer school because I was smarter than everybody else.
4: <laughs> That's
0: right oh wait, that was elementary school never mind <laughs> and 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 I was teaching online
2: this summer, so it was really easy. I just took my laptop with me and you know graded graded assignments in the hotel room so it was fun but yeah that was a that was a really great experience. As I pointed out, it was like it was like the early days of Comic Con, like the really early, like like the nineteen and seventy three version of Comic Con, but just very hyper focused on Superman. Was so, Rosalind Russell there? What's that? Was Roslyn Russell there? How dare you! How
5: dare you!
2: But the Superman Museum is awesome. It's like they have everything that's ever had Superman printed on it done everything like they have everything it does need a curator though (laughs) because it's like everything's just kind of stuffed into it and there's like a cursory thing of well here's the adventures of superman alcove here's the superman serials alcove they did have a supergirl room so everything is kind of got its own room except of course they have everything so it kind of bleeds over into everything else and so all that's... the display cases were like oh jc Pennies is going out of business let's go get one of their display jewelry display cases and put all this stuff in there so it's less museum and more crazy cat lady place it it, it does kind of have that feel to it it's still awesome but I, it was very hard for me to get pictures of everything because of the glare from the glass and All that kind of stuff. And there's no like interior lighting on any of the display cases. And I was like, eh.
1: Is there a streaky room?
2: There is not a streaky room,
4: but there is streaky referenced in the Supergirl room. But you know (laughs) what they do have, Andy? They have spray, expanding spray foam insulation and pool noodles in a pile. That's right. (laughs) I saw that.
2: (laughs) That keep you from going upstairs. And at the top of the staircase are the twin girls from The Shining. (laughs) <laughs> I was like, "Wow, they—they they really don't want you going up these stairs, do they?"
4: <laughs> I didn't know whether to praise them for create their creativity, trying to make some kryptonite, or just be horrified that that was the the extent of their creativity. It's like, yeah, well, "What do yeah. we got on hand?" Well, we got some old pool noodles that are green. What else do we got? Oh, we got some spray foam, exp- you know, expanding spray foam insulation. Let's make it work.
0: <laughs> hey, yeah. hey, Jeff. Andy's done some great stuff with pool noodles. That I so have. You so just, you just lay off. I and, actually made, I, I made a boxing round out of pool noodles.
2: And I will point out, it's a temporary thing. They're actually doing like an expansion of the museum on the second floor, which they need. But yeah, it was it was awesome. And it was just it's kind of dusty. And they did have signs up. you know, excuse our dust, we are expanding. And I was like, okay. And it basically started out as one guy's Superman collection. Uh, who's apparently from Southern California, Jim Hambrick. And now his, basically his family runs it. Um, but he was there. He was at the, they did have a, uh, there's a Facebook page called the Man of Steel collectors. Uh, and that whole group was there and they were wacky. And of course they, they've had this auction of Superman memorabilia that they do, in small in uh, metropolis every year so they all know each other i went to that i i actually did buy some stuff that i was like okay i want it all but i got to be able to fit it in my suitcase and when i get home be able to fit it in, in my home so i can't buy everything but i did get some stuff and they were wacky because, of course, they all knew each other. And they're like, oh, don't let Jim get that. Come on, keep bidding. Keep bidding on the auction. And I was like, you guys are nuts in a good way. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, those are the, like the two big geeky things that I did in the last couple of weeks. Jeff, yeah. what did
3: you do this week?
4: Uh, I went to the Star Trek convention yesterday and
3: today. Oh, that is uh. the one that's still being run by creation. Yes. Yeah. Uh, sorry, all right. sorry. It's, it's Andy, no longer... what did you, Andy, what did you do this week?
4: <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, fine, fine.
3: Jeff, tell me all about the Star Trek creation. I,
4: I thing. should I should correct myself. It's no longer called the Star Trek Convention because they lost the license right to use the Star Trek name. It is now yeah. called the fifty five year mission. <laughs> uh, it it you know it it was cool, but it was also very different. There was a lot less people in this one this year than there was last or two years ago when they had the last one. They were taking the precautions. Uh, everybody had to at least show proof of uh, vaccination, and if they didn't have proof of vaccination, they had to take a COVID test, which they had the testing site uh, right there. You only got two days on that, so every two days you had to get retested. So if you were there from... Tuesday through Sunday, you'll get three tests. As with everywhere in um, Clark County right now, you are required to wear a mask at all times when you're indoors. So everybody was masked up, with the few sep- exceptions of these people that seem to think that face shields are masks. And, uh, you know, uh, that I've, I've been running into that elsewhere in town. So it Dude, wasn't exclusive when, to this.
0: When I went shopping uh, earlier today,
4: there was a guy...
0: Wearing his motorcycle helmet
5: <laughs> I
0: loved yeah. it. I'm well, like you go
2: everything from
4: you know top of the head to the chin. You go, you badass. It was hilarious. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it it uh you know, it was fun to see people I hadn't seen in in two years. Uh There was a lot of cancellations of celebrities last minute, which I I don't blame them because, you know, there's a fucking pandemic going on right now. Very few people I heard complain about anything while I was there. Uh, most of the the attendees did seem to be understanding about why people canceled or, or chose not to attend for the various reasons. But the dealer room was not nearly as crowded as it had been in the past, uh. And I mean, not just with attendees, but also with people with their wares to sell. So I don't want to call the whole thing a disappointment. It was just different. It had a different energy. I will.
0: Oh, wait yeah. a minute. You weren't even there.
3: I don't have to be. <laughs> oh, yeah.
4: man. You're arguing from ignorance, sir.
3: No, I'm <laughs> not. I know how I they did. run that business. Fuck them. <laughs>
4: <laughs> but I did uh, end up getting my admission uh through Gold Star so I got half off uh my my tickets were 32.50 for each day so the, the full price was they were charging 70 something plus tax uh and then if have. you buy it at the door I don't remember what it is at the door but that was like if you pre-purchased your tickets so
2: yeah I was telling Kirsten I I bought Friday Saturday and Sunday on that on that gold star link. And they just released the schedule like Monday or Tuesday this week. Yeah. And I was looking at the schedule going, hmm, if I hadn't already bought my tickets, I might actually give it a miss except maybe Saturday. Yeah, there's just not a lot going on there. And that dealer's room you can always do in like a couple of right. hours.
4: So, I will tell you there's a lot more. If you're into autographs or, or pictures, there's a lot more people doing it with their own tables. In That's the- awesome. Uh, cause I got Dina Meyer, I got a picture with Dina Meyer in nice. uh, in the uh, in the uh, dealer room floor uh, as opposed to doing the I think they were only charging fifty dollars for her cell uh, for her picture through creations, whatever their photography company is, but then they charge you like another fifteen bucks on top of that for the digital delivery or whatever it is yeah, and she was only charging twenty bucks for a picture with her, so I was like, oh. So I got her, I got a picture with her. I, th- I also got a picture with Nicole, Nicole DeBoer, who oh, played Ezri nice. es- Dax on DS9, because I had met her many years ago working at Quark's, but back then we weren't allowed to take pictures with the guests. And then uh, I also got a picture with Robin Curtis, uh, who played Savik in Star Trek 3 and 4. So I now have somewhere, I have a, a, I have a Polaroid of me with Kirstie Alley, and now I have a picture with Robin Curtis, so I now have nice. somewhere photos with both Savics. So I thought that was kind of neat. You need Did, uh, a picture, and she with... only charged twenty dollars for her picture too. So I, I thought that was just kind of interesting.
0: Well, you need a picture with the uh, Spock baby. Now that you've had a picture with the Spock baby, mama,
4: <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, and Did I got you... a, I got a picture with Rain Wilson as well because uh, uh, really really liked his portrayal of Harry Mud. Not to mention, uh, I really like the movie The Rocker. I think it's an underrated film. <laughs> and, of course, he's also in Galaxy Quest. So, you know, yeah, yeah. I was did, just like, uh, you know what? He's here. Why not? I'll get a selfie with him. Did Dina
2: Meyer have any pictures of herself as Barbara Gordon?
4: Yes. Yes, she did. She did have yes! some stuff from Birds of Prey. She had um, she had two or uh, three. No, she had three. She had one of her as by herself as Oracle in the chair. She had one with the other two actresses that were in Birds of Prey. And she had one uh, from the flashback scene where she was in the full Batgirl getup, which I thought was awesome because I had not seen a a still cap of that screen anywhere. And it was a good quality print, too. So it might have been like a production still or something that she was able to get. But uh, I thought that was cool because Birds of Prey, I think Birds of Prey was ahead of its time. If they could have waited a few years, it could have even been part of the Berlantiverse uh-huh I mean i they could have been well, the one is. to kick off is it
2: though yeah. thanks to crisis on infinite earth
4: <laughs> all right is. that's yeah you know uh, you're you're right but uh i I think that could have been the one to kick off the Berlanti-verse as opposed to arrow if they'd have waited a few years, but even well, she it, like she was talking to somebody that was ahead in, ahead of me in line about it, she's like, yeah, we were just a few years too early,
2: well, it was technically Paul, part of the Smallville verse. Right. It was same producers, but.
4: But not even connected, though, which I thought was an odd yeah. choice. But, you know, whatever.
2: And, and actually, with uh, Rachel Scarston playing Dinah Lance in Birds of Prey, I was kind of hoping that there would be a Dinah Lance uh, Alice confrontation. You know, green screened, of course, uh, in the crisis
1: thing, but they didn't do it. Oh, Andy, God. What do you do
3: this week. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. what are you go, what are you all I, guiding
1: about? I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't go to, you know I didn't go to friggin' conventions or anything, man. I feel like a <laughs> piker. Uh, I watched What If. I watched the premiere of What If. Oh yeah, it's, nice. Uh, it's beautiful. I mean, it, I, I, the animation is amazing, and it really captures the whole spirit of the comic, which was, you know, this this wonderful alternate story, and they almost always ended sort of. That's a little sad. You know, there, there are a couple of the happy endings. It's like a little, uh, you know, but you really, really well done. And I really like the way they uh, they tweaked the uh, the uh, Captain America, the first Avenger stuff. I, I immediately went, where's the next? Oh, right. It's one of the Marvel ones. I got to wait a week to see the next one. But yeah, the, the, it looks painted. The, the animation looks painted a lot of the time. It's astounding. Uh, I also uh, watched this weird little movie called Cherry Two Thousand.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, what were your thoughts on that,
1: goody goody? First of all, it's really, know, well, weirdly homesick for me. Uh, bet. Every every scene, I'm going, oh, I've been there, I've been there, I know that spot. Oh, that's like ten miles
0: from Kirsten's house. Everything in Nevada is ten miles from no, my. No, it
1: isn't. <laughs> Good God, it's a huge state. Clark County is bigger than Connecticut. I agree that it's a flawed movie, but I I did enjoy it. Um, We've talked about this a few times, about when they remake a good movie. They shouldn't remake the good movie, they should remake a bad one. This one,
4: they could remake this, and it would be very interesting. It seems like it would be a little bit more prescient now with the rise of the different types of AI systems Mm -hmm. that we have, versus in the 80s, so...
0: Well, it right. would also it would also be a heavy uh, problematic, shall we say, commentary because of sex robot and stuff. Right. But if you handle it right, it could be very good. Yeah. Yeah. No. yeah. I think there's a lot of potential there. So
1: I watched it before I listened to the show. So I didn't but, you know, um, and I watch it going, well, that actor is the only one that actually knows what movie they're in. That actor is brilliant. <laughs> That actor is amazing, and it was Cameron Milsner I was talking about. Hey, <laughs> Cameron! She is just so dead on in that thing. Cameron's wonderful. Yeah, I um, loved working. That's with the her movie in I Sturture. wanted to see. That's the parts of the movie I was really interested in. Was that weird '80s yuppie bro culture that they had so dead on, and it was so weird to see. You know, post-apocalyptic. Everyone's wearing white clothes. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Hawaiian shirts. Well not, well, not Hawaiian shirts, but, uh, you know, bro bowling shirts. So, it's, you know, it's just it was a moment I'd kind of forgotten about until I saw them parroting. I'm like, holy shit, we did have that. We did have to deal with that craziness.
3: Well, if you hang out with Parrot Heads, you still do.
4: There you go. <laughs> um, Five o'clock somewhere, Todd. Right. <laughs>
1: uh, I'm playing uh, Assassin's Creed on my new Xbox 360. Uh, I'm enjoying now, that. Now, Assassin's Creed, the original? Revelations. Okay. Now, I've played the the only one I said before, I put, the one I've played before was the, the one is in the Revolutionary, uh, which I've forgotten what that one's called. But I, I was told that was the worst of them. Hmm. Yeah. But this one, this one's quite enjoyable. I'm not playing it well, but I'm enjoying playing it.
3: All right. I have a hard time because they all have that one-word title after Assassin's Creed, and they all just run together. Where is this one set?
1: This one is set in Constantinople. Okay. Yeah. Not Istanbul. So, oh! Uh, that, oh! they actually, that comes up that it's both Constantinople and Istanbul at this time, it's depending on what fraction you're
0: with. Uh,
3: just as so new it,
0: old New York was New Amsterdam, Amsterdam. Yeah, well,
3: yes.
4: why did Constantinople get the works?
3: Mm. (laughs) That's nobody's business Period
1: (laughs) But yeah I'm enjoying the heck out of that And uh, I I I had artwork in a show It closed last week But there was a Moby Dick show uh, Organized by um, Gallery X Which is Initially it was run by uh, People from my school My uh, college uh, they're still involved in it and they're still tied into it, but uh, it was a weird little thing. I was going back there expecting to see a whole bunch of my classmates, and it's like, nope, lots of new people here now. <laughs> but I did two Moby Dick paintings, so it was fun. But it took me nice. like two—it took me like two two months to do Moby Dick paintings in between everything. <laughs> I got them done.
0: What an Andy sentence! <laughs> Come on, everybody, stand up and recognize. <laughs> I did two Moby Dick paintings, but it was worth it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Kirsten, what did you do this week? Oh. oh, whoa, shit. No, Andy, did you do oh, something well, I else? just,
1: just want to say uh, uh, I've pulled enough strings and got enough coverage here that I will be working the last four days of the Iowa Fair. So uh, for right, uh, any shock monkeys that can make it to Iowa to the Fair, you know. <laughs> I guess I just I could just send a message to Enrique, but uh,
0: you know. <laughs>
5: yeah, real well, for
0: all our Iowa fans. <laughs> uh, We've got quite a few. There you go. Get your picture with Andy.
1: <laughs> but not too close
4: because it's Iowa and they don't believe in yeah. Oh <laughs>
0: dang. wow. Missouri
4: Missouri is just as bad, Andy. Don't feel yeah. bad. Look, I'm just happy to see a quality butter sculpture this year.
3: (laughs) Another, Ah. another Andy goddamn sentence.
0: (laughs) Andy, would you please get some deep fried butter and like pack it in ice and send it out here? I want to have some.
1: The deep fried butter I had to get in uh, the Big E, which is 10 miles up the road from where I'm sitting right now.
0: Holy shit. Those East Coast dinners.
1: Yeah, they the don't uh, know anything. Iowa Fair is the one that had the uh, the uh, apple egg rolls that were amazing.
3: Well, so it's basically
1: you, a fritter in egg roll form that you dip in caramel.
3: Kirsten. Wow. We can-
4: this week. <laughs> but first, how many shots of fireball have you had, a- Kirsten? All <laughs> oh, right.
2: Like I'm the problem.
1: <laughs> I need to drink more to catch up.
0: <laughs> yeah, really, Andy. I saw pig. Oh wow. And uh I'm telling you guys one of uh, Nick Cage's best performances in a long time. I keep hearing that. Oh dude, he's 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 wonderful. It's so funny because um I assume it's because of his tax troubles, but he's turning out movies like <laughs> motherfucking crazy. But this one, this one was n- this one the writing, the the style of the movie, a lot of things came together to give you a nice uh, nice little performance from him. I don't want to say any more, except you should definitely see it. Have you seen it, Todd? No. I'm seeing, uh, really? I have okay. not.
3: Uh, where, where did you watch it?
0: It was one of the streaming services. I actually sure. may have paid for it because I'm not... I'm not worried about paying for something I would see in a theater. Most of the time, the streaming fee is a fraction of what the theater cost was, fee would be. And Pig actually did not last long in the theaters. I think it came out, and within a week or two, it was
4: pretty much like in one theater here in town in Vegas. So yeah, it was here and gone like within a week because I was I was thinking of going to see it, and I'm like, oh, it's not there anymore. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so I Amazon. went ahead and... Go Seven ahead, Andy. Am- Seven bucks on Amazon.
0: Yeah, okay. Amazon was where I rented it, yeah. I think it's worth it. I'm going to give props to Nicolas Cage. He's a wonderful actor. I think he he chooses his stuff where he finds it. And he may or may not have uh, have some input in things. But... This one was wonderful. It's it's a little tough to watch, but I think it's a I think it's great and I think he does a wonderful job in it. I don't want to say much more else in detail, but uh it's great. All God right. bless you, Nick. He did so a good
1: between job. Between this and Willie's Wonderland, he's like back like ben and Fraser. You know what?
0: Uh Andy, you may uh, be half joking, but actually it's it's pretty good. You know, I was thinking if you're going to be in a B or C list movie and you still deliver your best, you're going to stand out, right? Whatever judgment people may make, if you're going to do your best job, I think you're going to stand out. And I think that's sort of where He went with Willy's Wonderland and with Pig. And to be honest, I'm not going to give Pig a... uh, I'm not going to... I don't want to say denigrate. uh, Because I think B-list movies... You can actually have good movies there. I mean, you're basically talking like something on the independent realm anyway. And I think that he he did a good job. He really brought his game for the script that he had. And it was it was a great performance. Hats off to Nick Cage. He's he's not going quietly into the night in terms of, you know, the end of his career. I just looked it
1: up and uh, and uh, Nick Cage is on 108 movies. Uh but Samuel Jackson's on 195. I think he's trying to catch up to him
0: though. <laughs> well, you know, god damn, the son of a bitch does a lot of movies. He's you know, constantly popping up. And God the, bless him for it. Yeah, here's the thing about Nick Cage. The guy's nuts,
2: but he's he's a working actor. This is his job. And and like you say, I give him kudos for just kind of being out there. And you know, like you say, maybe it is because of tax reasons. Maybe it is all this. But you know, Michael Caine has basically said the same thing. He said, you know, he said, "I, I have to work. I'm a working actor. I if I'm not
1: acting, I'm not an actor. I have to work. I have to be an actor." I'm sorry, that doesn't sound right, uh, Steve. Uh, <laughs> okay, hey, Jeff, can you I'm repeat off. that for him? Uh, yeah. <laughs> So so Michael Caine has always <laughs> said, you know, I'm a working
2: actor. I have to work. Nope, if I'm not Jeff working, got it better. I'm not an actor.
4: So I have to work. I got to give him his moment, you know. There's <laughs> and, there's, there's so few things I can do better than Steve. You know, I got to let him have it.
0: <laughs> hey, and, and maybe. Jeff, Jeff, Andy's just trying to start shit. <laughs> props hey. to you for not rising to the bait. How about this?
2: How about for the six hundredth episode, you, me, and if Paul can be on the show, how about we have a Michael Caine off?
4: (laughs) (laughs) Um, sure, why not? You know, I'm game.
0: Right out.
3: All right, I'll put it in the notes.
4: All right.
0: (laughs) But yeah, I mean, Pig really is. It's a good movie. You've got Adam Arkin. You've got some. Some other supporting actors in there that they all do a good job. It's a good movie, and I definitely recommend seeing it. And uh, props to Nick Cage, because he's, he's delivering whatever, whatever project he's on. I also watched an interesting thing on Netflix called Paper Tigers. And this is sort of like a kung fu movie parody that gets a little serious. And I don't know how much else I can say except that it had a lot of heart and I really enjoyed watching it and I definitely think people who appreciate kung fu movies are going to appreciate this movie and people who appreciate family might appreciate this movie as well. That's about what I've got to say on that, so.
3: Well, before we move on with the rest of the show, uh, I've been putting off a little thing for a while just because we've had so much show to get to over the last couple of months. Of course, a while back, we asked you to send in your requests to Jeff for (laughs) his bad impressions, and, and I've been sitting on one for a while. So, Jeff, I'm going to send you your script right now, so it should be arriving on your phone any moment, and the request is from uh, Chris the Microscoop, uh, and that he writes, I would love to hear Jeff attempt the monologue from Shawshank Redemption, uh, oh, Red's no. monologue, as Cleveland Brown.
4: Oh, Okay.
3: Uh, I, I've now he, he sent the whole monologue. Uh, it's a big monologue, so I've kind of edited yeah, it down a little bit. So, <laughs> so, Cleveland so but Brown. Uh, but so so Jeff, I I I've just sent it to you. Yep, I think you've just, just received it. it. Yep. Um. So, Wait, refresh my memory. Who's Cleveland Brown?
4: My name is Cleveland Brown, and I'm glad oh, to oh, be that. Oh, okay, you know. okay. He had his own show <laughs> for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. All right. Jeff's
0: ready. Sure, you, you, you got Russell. And Russell the, tip is, of your the, the mic is <laughs> dropping, the hurt is coming. You, you,
4: you see, <laughs> the Steve, there, there are productions coming. still ongoing in the modern day, there's not oh. just classic films. Oh, oh, hang, oh, all right, okay. wow, <laughs> Did wow. Rus-
1: Russell, have her own animated show. I don't think so, yeah. <laughs>
0: That's right, Caveman begs. All right there, let me just, there is a modern world. Let me just brush the dust off this while the <laughs> while the paleontologists
2: unearth me here.
4: All right. Here we go. Rehabilitated. You know, I don't have any idea what that means. I know what you think it means, Sonny. <laughs> I just made up a word.
5: (laughs) A politician's
4: word. Am I sorry for what I did? There's not a day that goes by that I don't feel regret. I look back on the way I was then. A young, stupid kid who has committed that terrible crime. Sorry, terrible crime. (laughs) I want to talk some sense into him, but I can't. That kid's long, and this old man's all that's left. Rehabilitated? That's just a bullshit word. <laughs> so you go on and stamp your form, sonny. And stop wasting my time. Because to tell you the truth, I don't give a shit.
3: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's Michael Caine and Cleveland Brown. Because that was, that was good. Oh, oh on,
0: man. man. Yeah. Morgan Freeman, retire now. Right. Finish. <laughs> You're over. You're
3: done. Sit down, Morgan. <laughs> oh my god. Oh uh so thank you, Chris. I, I, I think he uh he met you more than halfway. You oh. uh, get
4: what you pay for. <laughs> <laughs>
3: And if you want Jeff to do a bad impression, or in this case, a, an amazing one, uh, <laughs> I'm uh, going to us.
4: listen to it when you play uh, after you put it, you post it because I honestly can't tell how I sound. I just mimic based on having watched Family Guy so long.
3: Yeah, the amount of <laughs> The yep. amount of Family Guy that you have watched was on display. Jeff,
4: you're, yeah. your
0: own worst critic. Well, yeah. Don't mess with it. Don't touch it. Trust us. Mm. You did it. Yeah. Now cool. give us a little
1: the bathtub thing where he's like falling out of the no, house. The no, no,
4: no, no, Jamie, no, no, up. no,
0: no. <laughs> Ow, what the hell?
3: And if you have a bad impression like Jeff do, write to us. Comments at uh, now, Wow. Now, you
2: have to do the... Um... You have to do the Ricky Roma monologue as Cleveland
1: Brown. Oh, my God, yes. Oh,
4: Steve. <laughs> Not now.
1: That's what we got. Wow. We want to wow. burn out the batteries on this. but Yeah, man, really. Steve I want to see is, that. like, surrendering
4: you
0: know, his
4: <laughs> hegemony. Maybe that'll be a reward. That's
0: basically on cheer.
3: It's already oh, been Steve. a reward.
0: <laughs> it's his own reward. <laughs>
3: Uh, so, again, thank you, Chris, for writing. I appreciate it. Uh, let's move on, guys. Let's do some news you don't give a shit about. Oh, no.
5: No. Yeah. no! Oh,
0: yeah. Oh. Oh, yeah. Oh. <sighs> I'm sleepy now.
3: <laughs> news you don't give a shit about. HBO Max gave the red light to Abrams-produced Overlook series based on the Stephen King-inspired hotel. Overlook was initially picked up by HBO Max early last year as part of the deal with Abrams' Bad Robot production company. Uh, Netflix is reported to be interested, though no deal there or elsewhere has been finalized. Overlook evolves Stephen King's shining setting by telling, quote, the untold terrifying stories of the most famous haunted hotel in American fiction, unquote, as creators teased at the time of its 2019 announcement. Other projects from Bad Robot's larger HBO deal include a fourth season of Westworld, uh, a new sci-fi series called Demimond, and 1970s drama Duster, a thriller series called Subject to Change, and an upcoming series based on DC's Justice League Dark. I'm waiting for the shoe to drop, so what's the problem? HBO made a big deal about the fact that they were doing this Overlook series from their first look deal from J.J. Abrams, and they saw the pilot and said, nope. Oh. Oh.
4: Yeah, you know, it's funny. Um, uh, I have mixed feelings about that Justice League Dark project because they just announced that because of that series... That on uh, Legends of Tomorrow, they're going to um, recast, uh, or or Constantine's not going to be part of the cast anymore, Uh, but the actor whose name is escaping me right now, Matt Ryan, is going to be playing a different character because Warners told him, I said, well, because we're doing this series on Max, you can't play that character anymore. Which I still think is dumb because you still have the theatrical Superman, you have Superman on the on the CW. Why can't you have two Constantines? I just don't get it. Right. You're already going to have the Flash movie. And you have the Flash TV series. I mean right. seriously. Why is it an issue now?
2: Right. Which apparently. I mean the Flash TV series. Apparently they just gave Grant Gustin. A whole giant wheelbarrow full of showbiz money. To keep him on that show. So obviously that show is going to continue until they get tired of it, while right. the Flash movie is going on. So yeah, I agree. Why can't
3: there be two Constantines?
2: It especially
4: because Matt Ryan is so good. Oh my god, part. he's so good as Constantine.
3: He is Constantine. He he figured the character out.
4: Yeah, Quick, I mean, quickly. Especially, especially more so. I mean, I don't feel like he was given the the freedom to really portray that character when they had that short-lived NBC series, but he has totally found that character on Legends of Tomorrow. Um, Oh, yeah. He he owns that character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and the writers
2: also understand the moral ambiguity of that character on Legends Mm -hmm. of Tomorrow. And it's like this season in particular, it's just like, oh, shit, where's this going? Because, (laughs) wow, that guy is making some very questionable choices. (laughs)
4: <laughs> yeah. Well and then, you know, that kind of that omnisexuality that he has yeah, to yeah, the character. Yeah. They've already exhibited that it multiple times in the series. So
2: Right. And giving him an actual love interest, which is Twice again now. problematic. It's yeah. problematic on that show. It's nice. It's been nice watching that evolution. Cause yeah, I'm a big fan of Matt Ryan in that in that role. And yeah. you know, I was very happy to see him go from that like you say, short-lived NBC series, where by the end of that series, they were like, oh, we're canceled? Okay, then screw it. We're actually going to show him with a cigarette, even though he never lights it. (laughs) But we're going to say, yes, even though he can't get the lighter to light, off-camera, he smokes. Off-camera, he likes
0: both men and women. (laughs) Which is weird, because all he he has to do... Is get on Netflix and he can smoke to his heart content. Yeah. Because Netflix is basically the smoking channel.
5: (laughs) I think they just
0: should change their name to the smoking channel. Yeah, Netflix and uh, AMC.
3: Did you not give a shit about? Games Workshop is facing backlash after making changes to its IP guidelines to clamp down on fan-made animations. Uh, For the most part, changes to Games Workshop's IP guidelines made sense. It makes sense for the miniatures company to enforce a zero-tolerance policy towards people making 3D prints of its designs, for example. But things took a turn for the concerning when it comes to a note on fan-made animations, which reads, quote, Individuals must not create fan films or animations based on our settings and characters. These are only to be created under license. From games workshop unquote it's worth noting that while similar clauses applies to fan-made games fan art fiction and websites they're permitted so long as they're not for profit and made clear that they're not official works Uh, these changes coincide with the recent launch of the warhammer plus subscription service which launches with two animated series Uh, Games Workshop has also been pushing hard on official Warhammer animations, uh, many of which were sourced from existing fan projects, even an outright hiring of the creator of one of those stunning Astartes shorts that were made. Uh, For fans, it reads as somewhat hypocritical for Games Workshop to shoot down fan animations at the same time as benefiting from their work, (laughs) as is the distinction between which kinds of fan works are allowed So in other words, you can do fan art, you can do fan stories, as long as you say they're not for profit and they're not official works. But you cannot, even for not profit or fan works or saying they're not official, make an animation of their property. Um, I don't know if that's legal. It doesn't
2: sound legal. It is because they own the property. So this goes back to the Star Trek fan films. Nobody is confusing fan films with the professionally produced material coming from, you know, Paramount or CBS. Nobody's confusing the fan films coming from fans and any material that Games Workshop would produce. Everyone understands these are amateur productions. Perhaps sometimes using professionals, but there's still amateur productions that exist separate from the professionally produced official productions from whatever, whoever owns the IP. fan goodwill, they're really shooting themselves in the foot by
3: kind of putting their foot down, but that's my take on it. Games Workshop owns their properties. They have the right to do whatever they want with the properties that they own, and they have the right to decide who does what with their properties. Exactly. I get that. But you're right. The the fans are, one, confused because, okay, so we can do this, but we can't do that. Right. The animations that the fans have done have been really impressive in the last few years. Uh, Again, so much so that they have hired one of the guys behind one of those to do their animations. Right. So it's
2: like, did you guys do this? I can't remember that. Did you guys do a story about the guy that got, that did the um, deep fake of Mark Hamill in Mandalorian that yeah. Lucasfilm actually hired him to be in their cadre of animators of, of CGA artists for future productions at right. Lucasfilm because his work was so good on an amateur level. That's, that's what you do. He's like, Oh, people really like this. They, they, well, why don't we just hire this person? <laughs> why don't we put them on the payroll and make our stuff better?
3: Uh, I, I will say the, uh, conspiratorial minded part of me. <laughs> With this story, and I'm I'm sure Matt would be saying the same thing if he were here, is that so far the stuff that Games Workshop has released in animated movie form has been absolute crap. Uh, Uh, They released a movie a while back called uh, Ultimarines, and it is one of the worst animated movies I have ever seen, both in its execution and just story-wise it is a poor example uh it's it's like watching a playstation 2 animation in the age of playstation 4
4: isn't that oh. the one you got through uh the netflix with the the dvd rental and you like yes. sent it back like an hour into it you're like nope no, i'm done
3: I, no i watched the whole thing because okay if something is so bad that i'm just not interested yeah i'll stop watching it but when it comes to something like that, I'm like, I want to see the whole thing so that I know, one, it doesn't get better. And two, yeah. that I can talk about it with knowledge. Yeah. And and that's what I'm saying here is that that was an awful film. And the ones that the fans are doing on YouTube, pretty damned amazing and with interesting yeah. stories. Now, Games Workshop is releasing their subscription service with their animated shows in it. I don't think they want the competition of quality. Uh, And that being said, I guess that Warhammer Plus or whatever it's called has launched and nobody cared. Um, There's not give a shit about. It used to be that streamers would get banned from Twitch without any reason being given. You could email Twitch support for an explanation, and they'd give you a vague description about what part of Twitch's terms of use was violated. But that was about it. Uh, that's changed as Twitch has announced that going forward, suspended streamers will be given an explanation of what they <laughs> did wrong along with their suspension notice. Quote, enforcement notifications sent to suspended users will include the name of the content and the date of the violation to ensure they have better clarity about what content is being actioned on, unquote, wrote Twitch. And seriously, how has this not been a thing? How can you correct people's bad behavior? If they, you don't tell them what they did wrong, you don't send the kid in the corner without saying, don't use that language. Todd, and, it's called double secret probation. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I cannot believe that this has gone on this long, that you could get banned from Twitch and you, you had to email them to ask why. Right. And even I then did. you got a, well, this is the part of the terms that you broke.
2: Why is transparency a bad thing? It's just, you know, you're banned because A, B, and C.
3: How can you expect to correct behavior if you don't know what behavior is supposed to correct? Right. Why are you addressing
1: I... that as Steve? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: I think I'll you're misreading you, that, Andy. I ow. think he was yeah. directing it at you. Ow. Hey. Oh,
3: oh what are you talking about? Ow. No. Actually, I was directing it at you. Oh. And if you're Shit. wondering who that you is, you're right. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh. There's a the secret probation, man.
0: Totally.
2: Oh wow! You're so vain. You probably think this uh, podcast is about you. <laughs>
5: Weekend geek,
3: yay! Time for another shot. No, no, it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Weekend geek, uh, Warner Brothers' pandemic day and date release experiment is officially over. Uh, The studio has reached an agreement with AMC Theatres that will see it revert to a 45-day theatrical window for all its upcoming blockbusters in 2022. That's good news for the major movie chains that were alarmed last year when Warners, citing COVID, adopted a temporary strategy of releasing its major 2021 tentpole films simultaneously in theaters and on its streaming service, HBO Max. Uh, The box office for many of those films have been underwhelming uh, wonder woman 1984 made 16 million dollars it's opening christmas day weekend uh, while seven months later the suicide squad pulled in a disappointed 28 million dollars this last weekend um uh,
2: this is great news i'm a th- i'm a film snob any movie worth seeing is worth seeing on the big screen in a movie theater you are alone in a room of strangers And you watching this giant (laughs) screen skyscrapers high in front of you with sound that goes all around you.
0: Yeah, that's
2: an amazing
3: experience.
0: I I agree.
2: It
3: is. I'd love to have it one day.
0: Yeah, really?
2: (laughs) Well, why aren't you you going to the Galaxy Theaters all the time? Because they're not skyscrapers
0: tall. Uh, All right. Where they shake you down for parking fees? They don't shake you down for parking fees in the galaxy. What are you
2: you're lying now. You're just lying to make a point. And there's that What are you ex- a Republican?
0: Ta- there's that extra tax for popcorn. Hey, the is
1: five it-
2: and six dollar popcorn is worth it, because it's movie popcorn.
1: <laughs> Maybe the first episode where one of our cast members passes out. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Now, I know that Warner Brothers cited COVID for the reason for releasing it day and date. I know that Disney cited COVID for the release of day and date. And to a small extent, yes. But I say a small extent because the only ones that were releasing it day and date like that were the ones that had streaming services to sell to people. And that's exactly. it. That that was the whole reason for it. And, and that's why we talked last week when we talked about the lawsuit that they were taking advantage of the pandemic in order to get those day and date to sell those services to people at that time. That was the reason
4: I am still amazed at how many people are not necessarily siding with Disney, but siding against Scarlett Johansson's lawsuit. I mean, it's, it's incredible to me that they're like, She got paid enough to do the film. She's, you know, I always hate when people that make tons of money and are worth tons of money bitch about not making enough money. And I'm like, that is not at all what she has done here. And I've tried to straighten them out and tell them that this is is a lawsuit about contracts. This is a lawsuit about making sure that the money that you were supposed to get is not rerouted in another direction even though i guess disney has now came out and said that they they did pay her from or they did include the box office totals with the number of premium add-ons and i'm like yeah but did you pay her for, for those so i mean it's i i think the majority of the people just don't get the the whole point of the lawsuit and it's now become like victim blaming she's the victim in this right and they're blaming her for the lawsuit
3: so. Well, there, there's a knee-jerk reaction with a lot of people that they don't like wealthy individuals, yep. especially especially famous ones, especially movie stars and, and rock stars and, and TV stars. Anybody that's as famous and make lots of money, there's, there's yep. automatically a pushback against that. But what's interesting in watching this one is that they're siding – they're against the person that's less wealthy in this battle.
2: <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> that's the thing. How can you be for Disney and against? I mean, yes, we're talking about two wealthy entities, Disney, Scarlett Johansson. But in that battle, Scarlett Johansson is David versus the Goliath
3: of yeah. Disney. Right. Yep. It it would be like me versus Caesar's Palace. It, it, right. It's, <laughs> that's the that's the difference here.
0: I don't even care. It's Scarlett okay, Barry. Johansson.
2: Well, there is that. My future ex wife, I
0: need to. Write. Disney? I, no.
2: Scarlett Johansson. I'm with Kirsten on this, especially since I get Scarlett Johansson first.
3: The opinions of the, the guests and hosts of Geek Shock <laughs> do not reflect the overall company, Geek Shock, especially when they're talking about waiting in line for a woman. <laughs> 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 <The> <laughs> of <Fireball> are strictly-
0: <laughs> honestly, if I can take a moment, honestly, Scarlet, okay. keep fighting, stay with it, because I honestly believe in what you're trying to do. The big corporations are exploiting a situation that I think needs a big um a big star, a big personality, somebody to stand up and actually say stop doing this
3: exactly. did you hear exactly. that scarlet
0: exactly. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> just...
4: so what else you got todd
3: <laughs> i have the u.s senate has introduced a bill wednesday that seeks to protect app developers rights and challenge apple and google's app store policies Dubbed the Open App Markets Act, the bill is spearheaded by Senators Marsha Blackburn, Richard Blumenthal, and Amy Klobuchar. It would ban app stores from monopolizing their position in the app economy by requiring mobile game developers to use their own store's payment systems. In other words, mobile game developers would be free to use their own in-game payment systems and offer cheaper prices to consumers without being punished by Apple and Google for not using their store's payment models. The bill comes as Apple and Google are in the middle of a lawsuit with Fortnite developer Epic Games. Epic challenged both the payment models after it added its own direct transaction system into the game last August. In retaliation, both tech giants removed Fortnite from their app stores. If the bill is passed into law, mobile game developers will be permitted to make their in-app items more affordable to purchase via microtransactions. Epic Games tried doing this by making V-Bucks more affordable if players bought them directly from the Fortnite app as opposed to going through the App Store, in which Epic would have to share that money made through purchases with Apple and Google. Uh, Meanwhile, a trial for the Epic Games versus Apple case was held on May 3rd, and a judge is currently reviewing the case to determine whether Apple's App Store policies violate antitrust law. Uh, Two months later, Google faced a similar lawsuit from 36 states, including the District of Columbia, regarding the App Store's model. Court documents suggest that Google even considered buying Epic Games in order to eliminate the competition completely. Fortnite is still unavailable on Apple and Google's App Stores. So uh, they're pulling the dragon a bit because now it might end up being federal law for the United States that's whenever a game is on the either google play or apple's app store apple and google cannot take a bit of it
4: it's tough i mean there's it's a duopoly now even though technically you still have the amazon app store and uh like the galaxy samsung galaxy app store uh and i think a couple of other other like mobile developers have their own App Store, but for the majority of them, it just pulls from the same APKs that are put out on um, Google Play and and the Apple App Store. So it seems like it would be moving in the right direction. I just don't know if it's (laughs) going to happen.
3: Well, of course, it's 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 a bill. It's been introduced in the Senate. Very little gets done in the Senate. So well,
4: especially if it's anti-corporate. You know, it's like, oh, well, we got to protect our corporate overlord so (laughs) Uh,
3: but then again there are republicans out there just waiting to give it to apple for and any of the tech giants retribution for whatever imagined thing they have going on yeah so so it's possible that they could be they could use that as a uh indeed as a jousting stick a24 the studio behind the green knight as well as other genre hits like The Witch and Midsummer, announced that it will offer an in-home streaming option for the Green Knight film on August 18th, with tickets going for $20 on the A24 Screening Room website. As COVID-19 cases rise with the Delta variant, uh, the streaming tickets offer a viewing option for fans who've been eager to see the film but concerned about the safety of public gatherings at the moment. Uh, The Green Knight was originally one of the most anticipated new genre films of 2020 and was meant to have its world premiere at South by Southwest Festival in March of last year. Uh, After it was finally released, The Green Knight quickly earned acclaim as one of the best films of the year. But rising case counts across the country means that moviegoers are once again less inclined to go out and buy tickets. I like how they are doing this versus what Warner Brothers is doing and what Disney has done. Because you have one chance in the U.S. only for the moment uh, to watch the film from the comfort of your home. For more information about the in-home screening, including compatible devices, you can go to the A24 Screaming Room site. So having it streaming available for like one particular day or even two particular days for those who just want to watch it at home. I think is a good option in these times. Instead of just making it available to anybody who wants to see it at the same date that it's there, it's like, you know what, release it to theaters for a little bit, then for home streaming for one or two days, and then after that, you have to go to the movie theater to see it. That way you have the option. But it's under very limited terms. So it doesn't knock out movie theaters altogether.
2: Again any movie worth seeing is worth seeing on the big screen but if you are at all concerned about going out in public at this time then yes one or two days that's a great alternative and if you really want to see the movie then you will make time in
3: your at home schedule to watch that movie at home so if you are interested again is on the 18th it is on A24's website if you want any of the uh, information on how to stream it. And uh, God help us, let's do some red light, green light. <laughs> oh my Yay! God. Red light, light, green light, green light. Such a fun game to play. Yeah. It
4: doesn't matter what you say, they're going to make this shit anyway.
3: I want the vampire shoot. I have four pitches here. And you each get one green light The shows you get to choose are between Reginald the Vampire (laughs) The Moon is a Harsh Mistress Austral And Mad Adam And one of these may be fake So let's get into the first pitch. Sci-Fi has given Reginald the Vampire a straight-to-series order, inspired by the fat vampire novels written by Johnny B. Truant. The What We Do in the Shadows-type comedy will star MCU veteran Jacob uh, Batalon from Spider-Man No Way Home. That's uh, Spider-Man's friend. As Reginald Baskin, a husky and put-upon vampire living in, quote, a world populated by beautiful, fit, and vain vampires, (laughs) reads the official synopsis, continuing, he may be immortal, but he still has problems like any other guy. The girl he loves but can't be with, a bully manager at work, and a vampire chieftain who really wants him dead. Fortunately, Reginald discovers he has a few unrecognized power of his own. Sci-Fi calls it, quote, a new show with a lot of heart and just enough blood that proves the undead life is just as complicated as life itself, (laughs) unquote. Harley Payton, uh, who did writing on the new Twin Peaks and Chucky, is writing, executive producing and show running the small screen adaptation. Quote, it's about a guy who's very overweight and out of shape when he's turned into a vampire, Truett said. Continuing, the idea came up on a podcast I co-host when we wondered why vampires are always perfect and beautiful. Does vampirism really just make you thin, or does it freeze you are? So this book starts with that premise, what if you were turned into a fat vampire and frozen that way for eternity, unquote. So what are your thoughts on Reginald the Vampire?
4: I mean, it's different. It's not like your, it. your typical vampire story. I still feel like there have been too many vampire stories over the last few years and that maybe we need a little break from it. But it's different enough that it could be watchable. <laughs> so as um counterpoint to that, do you not
2: think that actually in the last couple of years there have been lesser vampire stories and vampire pitches So now we may be able to actually turn the corner and there may be new stories uh, of vampires that actually would work. That wouldn't seem like oversaturation.
4: I don't know. This is not the only one that that is potentially coming out in the next year. So we we could have another resurgence of uh, vampire television and movies.
3: Let's see how that one stacks up against The Moon is a Harsh Mistress. Uh, James Monera and John Aguilaro, okay, the writing-directing team behind the 2014's Razzie-nominated Atlas Shrugged, have announced their next project based on Robert Heinlein's 1966 science fiction novel The Moon is a Harsh Mistress as a limited series. Originally serialized in three parts in the Science Fiction Monthly magazine Worlds of If, the novel depicts a lunar colony's revolt against authoritarian rule from Earth. The book was nominated for the 1966 Nebula Award and won the Hugo Award for Best Science Fiction Novel in 1967. Similar to Anne Rand's Atlas Shrugged, The Moon is a That's what I said. The Moon is a Harsh Mistress's narrative served as a framing device for Highland's political beliefs. A film adaptation has been attempted three times before by DreamWorks, which has a script by Ted Elliott and Terry Russio, by Phoenix Pictures, with Harry Potter producer David Heyman attached, and finally by 20th Century Fox, with a script by Aero executive producer Mark Guggenheim and Brian Singer producing slash directing. All three uh, productions languished, and the rights reverted back to Highlands Estate. In 2019, Manera and Aglioloro picked up the rights with funding secured from a combination of Kickstarter investors and 2013 Florida Powerball lottery winner Christopher McGurin. Quote, Ah. we've always seen Robert's story as the third part of a libertarian trilogy of classic literature, said co-producer and project uh, John Aglioloro continuing the other two being The Fountainhead and Atlas Shrugged, unquote. Uh, As for casting, align yourselves, uh, Kevin Sorbo will play Professor Bernardo de La Paz, a political dissident exiled to the moon by Earth's government. Kelsey Grammer will voice Mike, the lunar supercomputer AI, and Barry Benetende will be playing Manuel Manny Garcia. Uh, So what do you think of The Moon is a Horse Mistress? (laughs) Uh,
2: Hey. The story by Heinlein is great. B, the fact that it's been glommed onto by libertarians floors me. It is, in fact, where we get the the phrase, there's no such thing as a free lunch from. I understand that. But the fact that they have taken this story as being the epitome of libertarian philosophy is nuts, as far as I'm concerned. I would love there to be a live action screen production, but based on this pitch, it sounds like it would be along the lines of the movie versions of Ayn Rand's Atlas Shrugged. In other words, dull and boring and pedantic and etc, etc.
3: Any other thoughts on the the moon is a harsh mistress. What can I add to that? Um,
1: yeah, no, I actually haven't read the book, so I don't know. Uh, oh, but, it's uh, really good. I, I gather. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, as as a libertarian screed, uh, I don't want to see it. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. All right, well, we'll move on to the next one. Austral. Paul McCauley's sci-fi novel, Austral, is set to be adapted into a series. The story is a drama set in Antarctica during the year 2098. Quote, decades after the melting glaciers have given way to a new frontier of resource-rich land and a generation of settlers from all around the dying world have converged there. But for Austral Ferrado... One of the number of huskies, or people who have been gene-edited to better withstand the still unforgiving climate of the far south, this new Antarctica is no paradise. Trapped in a society that has imprisoned her and treated her kind more as animals than humans, Austra will stop at nothing to gain her freedom, unquote. The book won the Philip K. Dick Memorial Award, the Arthur C. Clark Award, and the John W. Campbell Award, the Sidewise Award, and the Theodore Sturgeon Memorial Award. The novel is being adapted by screenwriter Elsie McCready, who previously worked on the Kate Blanchett produced series Stateless, Eric Schjold Jarig, uh, who did Occupied as attached to Direct, and both will serve as executive producers. The series will shoot in Norway with locations in the far north of the country, providing the landscape of the Antarctic Peninsula. So what do you think of
1: Austral? Well, that one sounds interesting. That one sounds yeah. like a yeah. different kind of concept. Yeah, it sounds like it isn't just a bunch of buzzwords thrown together. I like yeah. it.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
4: Yeah. It does, it does sound the most interesting of the ones so far, so... uh All right,
3: let's stack it up against the last one, then. Hulu will be turning Margaret Atwood's Mad Adam trilogy into a series. The first book of the trilogy, Orcs and Crake, is described as follows, quote, Snowman, known as Jimmy before mankind was overwhelmed by a plague, is struggling to survive in a world where he may be the last human and mourning the loss of his best friend, Crake, and the beautiful and elusive Oryx, whom they both loved. In search for answers, Snowman embarks on a journey with the help of the green-eyed children of Crake through the lush wilderness that was so recently a great city until powerful corporations took mankind on an uncontrolled genetic engineering ride, unquote. Deadline is reporting that Michael Leslie will write the pilot script for the series and also executive produce. Uh, Leslie's previous writing credits include 2016's Assassin's Creed and AMC's The Little Drummer Girl. So that, what do you think of Mad Adam? Oh,
1: what, what a mixed bag. Mm. As a side note, I'd forgotten there was an Assassin's Creed movie. Was it any good? Twas <laughs> not good. Okay, I'll skip that. Yeah, this is it's got potential. I still like Ostrol better, but I like this idea a little better. And then, yeah, it's it's one of those pitches. Like, well, okay, that's a thing, but
4: okay. I, I there's nothing I can grip onto there. You know, there's nothing. I I wish I knew more about the source material because. Uh, I mean, it sounds like it's got potential. The pedigree. I mean, uh, Assassin's Creed was not a great film. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not see the Little Drummer Girls, so I can't judge that one.
3: Uh, just to just to remind you on the beginning of it that this is Hulu, right? And this is a Margaret Atwood joint. She's the one that wrote Handmaid's right. Tale, and they've turned that into something.
4: That's true. Uh, I don't know. You know, lightning could strike twice for Hulu. Who knows?
2: Yeah, I rollercoasted all over this pitch I was like, oh, Margaret Atwood, yay Oh, so-and-so, boo Oh, this, yay Oh, that, boo So I'm really mixed on this whole thing The premise is interesting And it's on Hulu Which did a great job with Handmaid's Tale But ugh, I, I have six. I have such mixed
3: emotions about this <laughs> So, yeah well, there you have it. Reginald, the vampire, about the fat vampire. The moon is a harsh mistress. About whatever the, the and rand people want. Uh, Austral, <laughs> the Antarctic, getting ah uh, getting Arthags. getting settled in in the new uh, in the new climate. And uh, Mad Adam with the the plague <laughs> and the crakes.
4: With the plagues and the crakes and the oil.
3: <laughs> oh, I could really use a vampire pitch right about now. <laughs> I gave you one. The first one a vampire pitch. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Okay. <laughs> All right, so there it is. Those are your choices. Where do you put your green light? I'm, this time I'm going to start with you, Andy. Austral.
1: Straight out, Austral seemed like the most doesn't pitch.
3: How about you, Steve? So
2: I'm a huge, huge Heinlein fan. Even if I don't always agree with him, and especially the people that have globbed onto him as being some kind of, you know, like I say, libertarian icon. Ugh. But I'm a huge Heinlein fan. Wow, I don't know. I am torn between this and the Antarctica pitch. I would love to see a movie adaptation of Moon is a Harsh Mistress, but I'm going to have to go with uh, which one was the Antarctica pitch?
4: Astral. Astral, yeah. I'll go with that one.
3: Alright, Jeff, where do you put your green light?
4: I'm also going to go with Astral, because uh... I, I, I don't know enough about the Heinlein book to, to really so make a decision, but you definitely lost me on Kevin Sorbo. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, like, like after you got there, I was like, that's definitely a red light. <laughs> yeah. On on so many levels, but I'll just stick with as far as the film is concerned. It's a red light. Uh, So, yeah, I'm going to stick with Austral.
0: Kirsten,
3: where do you put your green? Austral. I have
0: no words.
3: So all that being said, and plus some, <laughs> which of these do you believe are fake? I want to get one out of the way first. Kirsten, what do you think's fake before I lose you? Which one did Andy like? <laughs> After all, we all
2: like liked. we
0: all did. Yeah. Okay, I'll go with that's fake.
3: Jeff, what do you think's fake?
4: Murphy's Law being the typical <laughs> blueprint for how these things go. I have a feeling that all of the others are definitely going forward because of how bad they are. And because we like Austral, I have a feeling Austral is probably the fake one.
2: <laughs> Steve, what do you think's fake? I think the Moonish harsh Mistress is fake. Just going on the way that I usually pitch pitches bitches uh, as being sort of, oh, here's what I would like to see. I would love to see a, a live-action version of moon is, a, moon is a Harsh Mistress, but I think whoever wrote this threw in enough you know, buzzwords like the a- Ayn Rand thing and Kevin Serbo, I think this is the fake
1: one. Andy, what do you think's fake? Halfway through your description of Moon is a Harsh Mistress,
3: I wrote down fake. So, yeah. yeah. And you are correct. The Moon is yes! a Harsh Mistress was Yay! the bitches bitches we that win. That was sent to us by Scully. Scott Schofield himself uh-huh. sent nice. in that pitch. In fact, when he emailed me that pitch, I emailed him back saying, there's absolutely no way they're going to select this, but I can't wait to see their reaction to it. <laughs>
0: yeah. I
3: want to change my vote. You don't get to. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Funding has already been applied.
3: <laughs> and that means that Austral, Mad Adam, and Reginald the Vampire all... Are all in some form of development. And if it you really have has. a pitch's bitches to write to us, send it to comments at com with pitches bitches in the heading, and then write us your pitch. And if you don't want me to edit it, please indicate so in the body of your text. So here is the point that if you have not seen the Suicide Squad or don't mind being spoiled by it, because we are going to continue on with discussion of that movie. In some form, um, <laughs> of course, you you might be tempted to stick around just to see, you know, in the same way that you slow down when the car wreck is next to you, and you just want to see how bad it was. <laughs>
4: they call that rubbernecking. Uh,
3: but if you don't want to be spoiled, uh, but uh, join us, uh, maybe uh, once you have seen it. The, and continue with this spot But you have been warned From here on in There are spoilers and drunk people So you have been warned Alright What? So gentlemen Give us your unfettered thoughts Of the Suicide Squad
1: Oh you think there's fettering going on? I really really enjoyed the damn thing And I confess I, I didn't pay a ton of attention to the previews I saw a couple of them And I saw enough of them to go yeah, it's going to be fun. But uh, I was uh, delightfully surprised when people started dropping like flies in the first five minutes.
3: When I saw the movie, when I started it, I saw up that, that whole scene of just everybody just getting wiped out. in that beautiful, beautiful setup that I stopped the movie. I rewound it and watched it again. I, wow. can't <laughs> think, I cannot think of a single time that I have done that. Uh, the closest time would have been when I worked worked in a movie theater, and I'd always time my break to watch the T-Rex scene in the original Jurassic Park, because oh. I just love that scene so much. Uh, this is almost to that level of just the surprise and absolute gory finality of everything that happened in those eight minutes. Right.
4: I, I love how they literally wipe out that te- that first team and then you find out that there's a second team and everybody on the first team well it, it, and then well the fact that they sprinkled in uh people from the the last suicide squad film and just wiped them out like boomerang and um I just I loved it. I I just it was just so it was so brutally, bu- yeah, brutally horrifying.
3: No, brutally, brutally is it? Brutally is the new word. That that is yeah. that is we have invented a new one. It was brutally shot.
4: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, Yeah, it was so br- beautifully <laughs> horrifying that I could not stop laughing because it was also, at the same time, so goddamn ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like, like everything that would happen, like, the, the way that people were dying, you know, like, the helicopter crashing and the blades spinning, and the people realizing they're about to get hit by those blades and just laugh, you know, smiling right before it happens because they know that they're done for. Uh, just all of it. And then when they go to the second team that you don't know anything about, and it's like, What the fuck just happened? (laughs) How did we get here? And then they go back to the, you know, what is it, eight hours earlier or something like that. Uh, I I thought it was brilliant. It's a brilliant way to open the film.
3: And not only that, it set up the rules for the film saying that nobody's safe. Of course, Harley Quinn's going to get out of it. They're not going to get rid of Harley Quinn in this movie. But anybody, including Idris Elba's character, because... He right. might have just signed on for one movie, and they might kill him at some point at, at or at the end, or he sacrificed yeah. himself or whatever. I didn't know who was going to make it at the end, and I loved not knowing that. You know, and it Rick set Flag- those rules up. And Ned Starked this movie.
4: Red, uh, Rick Flagg getting stabbed in that scene. I was right. shocked by that because I literally thought, oh, he's a central character from the first film. He's b- basically central to this film as well he's got to survive. He's, you know, he's a known character in that universe. And all of a sudden it's like, Oh shit, he's gone now. <laughs> oh, right.
2: Yeah. And he's an ongoing character in the comics version of the thing.
1: On oh, the comics, he dies in the same place. <laughs> right. What do you mean by died in the same place? Uh, Juttenheim. Jutenheim? Jutenheim. Okay. Jutenheim. That is where he dies in the comics. And it's fairly early in the series, but it's not in, uh, Cordo Maltese. It's in yeah. uh, um, their version of Iraq. Uh, Karak, is it? Karak. Yeah. Karak. Cordo Maltese was, if I'm remembering right, it was sort of a throwaway joke in The Dark Knight Returns because Cordo Maltese is a character from Europe. Cordo Maltese mm-hmm. is a mm-hmm. character. Cordo Maltese is where Bane is from. Right. But yeah. it's also it's also an old comic in Europe, it's a comic from the 60s in Europe. They've, they've made Corto Maltese bigger in recent years as opposed to Karak which in the 80s 80s and 90s was like their their middle east uh, yeah. stand in yeah so yeah he does die there in the in the comics not the same way but he dies i was surprised by that myself and i they did fool me at the end when they you know uh, he survived i'm like oh we did oh no he didn't
2: well this is the thing where if you do keep up on on geek news the Peacemaker series on HBO has been common knowledge for a couple of months now. So when his demise, quote unquote, happened in this movie, I was like, so is that going to be a prequel or?
4: Oh, I did. I did the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, You thought they might have blackwooded it. Right, Right. Right. And then the
2: fact that they put that and again, for those who haven't seen the movie, there is. And then teaser that, of course, we're going to give away, where you find out that Peacemaker is, in fact, alive at the end of the movie.
4: Two of the yeah. people in the theater left early before that. I'm like, well, I guess they are going to miss their stinger.
2: And frankly, given John Cena, and even in the previews, I was like,
4: God damn!
2: when did John Cena re- reinvent himself as com- uh, comedic bro-man? Yeah. He did it. Uh, there,
1: was a, he, there was a PSA he did, and I can't yeah. remember what the PSA was for. But that PSA was like, "Oh fuck, this guy is good. I, I like this guy now." Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and in, that's where the in turning the, point in
2: was. Um, Trainwreck. I thought he was hilarious. In yes. I was like, "God, what's up with these wrestlers who decide to wrestle instead of being this great comedic actions?" Oh, okay. That's their second career
1: after wrestling. I All don't right. want to step on Paul's toes, but. It, some of the wrestling may involve a lot about
4: acting, well no <laughs> oh, yeah, his the, the character John Cena, yeah, I did not like, but the roles that the actor John Cena has now yes. taken on, I have to <laughs> say, is hilarious uh did, yes. wasn't he in that um the game night also uh... he was in something that was a very similar storyline to that, and he was hilarious in it. I saw a clip of it, and I was actually laughing my ass off. Yeah.
2: Oh, this is a guy that Paul's always talking about, and he's actually really funny, and he's really, you know, self-aware of his own macho persona, and let's turn that on its head, kind of thing.
1: And I thought you did a great job of, of that with uh, the Suicide Squad as well. Oh my god, the uh, the sequence where they're uh, wiping out the, uh, yeah. the, the the village, or the, the yeah. uh, compound, or whatever. Oh my god, that was hilarious. Right at the end, I'm like, "Oh fuck, they're killing the wrong people, aren't they?" But right, I right, right. at the end, but I went. I was, I've seen it twice, and the, the second time, it's like, "Oh, these are just—they're like having coffee. They're like really smiling. Right. They're having a good time. These are not the uh, the villains you expect in You know, expecting the setup. Idris Elba and John Cena played that role really well. And the fact that at the end, Cena has that line about doing something cool, and and Idris like, "Shit, he's right." Right, I like, think nice. that whole
2: sequence, yeah,
1: the self awareness again, the self
2: awareness of these characters, uh, I I thought was hilarious. A, a lot of people might take that as being, well, okay, so these actors know that they're in this movie. Well, it's like, no, well, no kidding, Sherlock. It's like, how can you, how can you say that that's a bad thing when we're all in on the gag, mm-hmm. right? And it's like, we're not here to pretend this is any form of reality, which I think has been kind of the whole problem with the quote unquote Snyder verse is like, oh, we're going to ground these characters in real life. It's like, that's great if you take it to a certain extent, but if you take it past that extent, then it just becomes tedious. Mm. And it's like, Superman is always going to be a wish fulfillment character.
1: You haven't seen the last few movies, have you? Well, that's what I'm saying. That's why they did <laughs> yeah. so well. Right. And it's like,
2: it's like when you try to take it too far into reality, you lose the whole mystique of those characters. It's like, yeah, of course, in real life, Superman would be something more along the lines of irredeem- irredeemable or the utopian or something like that. But that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about a wish fulfillment character who is not. It who is not. You know, if I had superpowers, this is what I would do. It's like if somebody had superpowers, this is what I would hope they would do. And that hope factor has been absent from a lot of the Warner Brothers version of these characters.
5: Yeah, and I think but but these
2: are supervillains we're talking about, right? Right. And what I love about what this movie is, is that even these super villain characters, we see that element of hope in them. Mm -hmm. You know, the whole dynamic between Bloodsport and Ratcatcher. A lot of people take that as a criticism. I've seen that on the on the web. And I'm like, you guys have totally missed the point. The point of these DC characters is that even in these, quote unquote, irredeemable characters there is this chance for redemption. And if you don't have that, then why the fuck are we following these characters? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that, are you well, so that's... invested in your nihilism that you can't understand that there is a redemptive arc to be had here?
3: I think that's the reason for this scene where Amanda Waller gets taken out. Yes! Because everyone around her who's who's been betting on the lives of these Criminals yeah, are, see, are seeing redemption in these ones that are still alive Knocking out Waller to, so they can basically have the redemption arc through them
2: Yes, mm-hmm. because those characters still have hope in their hearts Yes, exactly
1: Now I'm not as familiar with Rat Catcher I haven't seen any, in any of the comics Ratcatcher 2. 2, thank you yeah <laughs> right so i I've really I've never seen her in the comics, but I really enjoyed her in the movie, and I really enjoyed the fact that the rats win the day that's like yeah, I got to think for rats, and the accent she's doing, I was wondering about that because she's supposed you know they're talking about Portugal and it's not a Portuguese accent. I'm assuming they're playing her as Romany, but i I, I think that's what they're doing anyways, which would make
3: sound sense. it sounded more Romany to me
1: I Yeah. Would just say. But, uh, yeah, I kind of want to find more about the uh, character. I kind of should look that up, but I haven't. What I really liked about this, the uh, directing on this is, despite the fact there were all these previews, and again, I wasn't paying a ton of attention because I wanted to be surprised, but despite that, there were some genuine surprises there. When when Harley shoots the, the El Presidente, I'm like, shit, of course yeah. she does that. But I didn't see it coming until it happened.
4: I love her monologue as he's crawling on the floor yes! dying, talking about how he's the, exhibiting these red flags and how she's decided. I thought she was like, you know, she's like, the hell thing they think would be walked away. But the gist of it was that he's like, so I just decided I would kill him. And I'm mm-hmm. like, she does it so straight faced. Mm-hmm. It had me floored. I was laughing so hard. I, so, I probably missed some and, of the dialogue. And, after and I that, love the way they—they, I, they,
1: I love the way they blunt the band babies who had immediately said, you know, by saying, "I can't believe this thing had a bullet in it." It's like, "Yep, yep." <laughs> so here's
2: the thing about this: a lot of people have been pointing up that Harley Quinn has this side story in Suicide Squad.
4: Yeah, I mean, it is a movie in a movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. I don't think that that's a criticism. I think that that is. If you take how Warner Brothers is releasing these movies, it is akin to how Marvel is handling the Hulk story. Yep, exactly what
1: I was thinking in, I was going to say. In,
5: in
2: that, it's like, here's our most popular character from our DCEU movies. So let's give her this movie. She was really popular in Suicide Squad. Awesome. Let's give her her own movie. Great, and then let's give her this sort of denouement in The Suicide Squad. And it's this great character arc in these three movies. And who knows if she's ever really going to return to it. And from all reports, she won't, unless Warner Brothers decides to let her have her Harley Quinn slash Poison Ivy romance
1: story. See, I didn't read that. I read somewhere that she said she'll keep doing Harley forever until they, until. They,
4: well, it, well, she's it, also said it's a very difficult character to play, both physically and emotionally. When you're like right. you're trying to be that energetic in every single scene, mm-hmm. right? It it takes a lot out of you. And again, in fan, but she still in, likes the character.
2: Yeah, in fan reportage, uh, reportage. Excuse me. Uh, who knows? But I've seen both things. She's, she wants to take a break from Harley Quinn, and she would want to re, she would want to return to the character, but only if she explores the the Harley Quinn Poison
1: Ivy romance. Do you think uh, so. her and Katie Cacao get together in this channel? Talk Harley, right?
2: Right. <laughs> um, I was trying to think who would be a great live action Harley Quinn, given Warner Brothers. Thing for only going with star casting, I'm thinking Emma Stone. Maybe I'm thinking, you know, who are the redheaded actresses out there? I don't know. Are you? I you mean, mean Poison I, Poison Ivy?
1: for Poison Ivy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Said Harley.
2: We've already got to Harley.
1: I know, but you, oh you my said Harley. It <laughs> might be a little well, drunk.
3: It's okay. Yeah, yeah. For the Poison Ivy role. I I was spoiled for Starro the Conqueror. Uh, thankfully, yeah. not by like the internet in general. I was spoiled by the news sources, which I expected to be better. Uh, but I have to say, I was super impressed. And of course, it's one of those things that I that now my fanboy head goes. Only James Gunn could get away with doing Starro the Conqueror. Right? Because uh, that is a. Villain is when you look at the great d c pantheon of of great villains, cosmic or otherwise, you're like, Well, what's the one that they would never do? Well, starro, obviously, that would that's never going to happen. Um, thank you, James, for doing what I now should feel to be obvious. Mm-hmm. So here's the thing. A week before that first trailer dropped,
2: I was talking to a friend of mine. we were talking about the you know the Snyder cut and all this kind of stuff. And I joked, and I said, I'm never really going to be satisfied with a Justice League movie that doesn't feature a live-action Starro. And then the suicide trailer <laughs> drops. Well, shit! I guess <laughs> I'm getting my wish after all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was awesome!
4: It's the, and, then, uh, the, and, then ma- and then they made him sympathetic at the very yes! end. Yes. Mm-hmm. At yes. the very end, the final line. I was oh like, wow. God. They
2: teased it, right? When they first walk in and all the Starro faces start saying, he's tortured us. You know, he, he's he been manipulating us for how many years, right? You kind of get had a, his way with us. Yeah. For, for yeah, 30 yeah, years, yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, you're exactly right. The
1: last line is like,
2: oh, fucking Starro. You should have just been floating around out there forever.
1: Oh. So Peter Capaldi <laughs> comes in <laughs> and I. I, from the minute, I man, I'm like, oh, he's a I man. There was like a second, I'm like, wow, he's giving him pretty easily. I'm like, oh, no, fuck. This is Peter Capaldi. This is playing the thinker. He's completely got them fucked, and I don't know how. Right. <laughs> and, right. And just watching him, yeah, you know, would mean, that line, you know, he's had his way with this. He's like, eh, you know, and gives us a little grin. Yeah, I just was in love with his portrayal of that character. It's just so dead on.
2: And here's what's crazy about that. I've seen a couple of in- of online reviews. They're like, what's up with all this stuff in his head? It's like, who the fuck cares? <laughs> it's a crazy visual. Mm-hmm. It looks awesome. It looks insane. Mm-hmm. It fit right in with the theme
4: of the movie. <laughs> yes!
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. my trusted critics from... Film week on uh, KPCC out here in California. They just, they were just falling over themselves criticizing this movie as being, oh, it's so disjointed and blah, blah, blah. And I've seen a number of your views online among comic geeks saying the same thing. I'm like, did you not watch the same movie that I watched? Yeah. This has been the most coherent or one of the most coherent. DCEU movies from Warner Brothers mm-hmm. that I've seen in the last,
1: right. you know, almost 10 years at this point. All right. Well, and, speaking of actors, by the way, Taika Watiti coming in for like a little fit yes! role and nailing it and making him oh sympathetic God. and her sympathetic.
2: Exactly. It just deepens. Okay. So, and you and I have both seen it twice. Mm-hmm. The second viewing I had. Made me appreciate what was going on with each character even more than the first time. The sure. first time I loved the movie. The second time I was like, you guys who aren't seeing this are pinheads. Or you have an agenda that you're trying to push that is ignoring all of this nuance. Mm-hmm. And maybe I'm overselling the movie. Again, I, if, you've never, if you haven't seen the movie yet, I don't want to oversell it. It is a comic book movie. It is right up there with the first Wonder Woman movie, the Aquaman and Shazam. It is one of the top five DCEU movies. Yeah, And I don't I want to say anything it. more about that. As a DC fan, I was just like, yeah,
1: more like this, please. I heard some yep. reviews were talking about being sort of like, is it a soft reboot? Is it... Da-da-da? It's like, no, it's a Suicide Squad. You have a different squad every time. Exactly. They die. And, and a really and, great job by uh, by uh, the director of James you follow the the Roker Roker oh, Roker right? R- yeah, right. Watching follow him, and you assume from yes, you know, he's in it that he it's his his arc, and you're gonna watch that, and then he's nope. dead. It's like damn, nope. yeah. As much as he tried to pretend to be a
2: badass, he's a coward.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, it was just so great. He's also very sympathetic. He does save the yes! weasel, you know. But yeah. That's
2: the thing. That's the thing like I can say on second viewing, it's even better than the first viewing. Mm-hmm. Cuz you know what it is and you know what to look for and what you're looking for is it's just great. It's just this great these great little character arcs, both broad, both great and small. Well, it's it's a James
1: Gunn strength, I it's guess. Brave casting, the you know cast of Nathan Fillion, yes, Pete Pete Davidson, is that right? Pete yes, Dave- yep. Pete Davison, and and I mean several people in these these assumably big roles, and then nothing in the first, yeah. They
4: can't That that is kind of a new trend with movies these days. You have, especially if it's a horror or pseudo horror film, is that you have these big-name actors that get killed off right in the beginning of the film. And oh, you're like, sure. oh well,
3: well, you're Right, that's from Psycho say, from a Hitchcock. Yeah, exactly. I was just going
2: to say, can I say well, Janet Lee? <laughs> sure.
3: And and if you don't want to go that far back, you can do Drew Barrymore and Scream. It's the same right, basic right, idea. Right. But right. I yeah, will say on a superhero level, we, the first time we really saw that with superheroes was the second Deadpool movie. With X Force, <laughs> it <laughs> right. was an X Force moment.
2: Yes, yes, I Bottle. love the James Gunn aesthetic, but maybe not for every movie. Like, I don't know that I would really like to see a James Gunn directed Superman movie. Although, <laughs> I kind of would trust him to go. Okay, so what I did with Galaxy, of the Gar- uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, what I did with Suicide Squad wouldn't work for Superman but here's what would work for Superman Who but I will it? give Zack Snyder credit, he casts well Henry Cavill as Superman Ben Affleck as Wonder Woman and especially Gal <laughs> 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 <Ben Affleck. laughs> I'm drunk. <Wow>. <laughs> that's how
3: far we're going <laughs> so go oh, <laughs> Henry Cavill
2: as Superman <laughs> Ben Affleck as Batman <laughs> Galagot <laughs>
5: as <Superman>. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Good Lord, when I listen to this tomorrow i 'm going to be so
3: embarrassed, but anyway, for those that have become fans of James Gunn over the years, like like we have uh, you might be interested in what he's got in the works, and frankly, not a whole lot at least not that's been fully announced we he's done of course episodes of the pa- of the Peacemaker series uh he's written almost all of them, and of course he's got the yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy three, uh, but on the directing slate, that's all he has now. Uh, he will be. He's also working on the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special for Disney Plus. Uh, but he is has been announced to write two things. He's not directing yet, but just so you know, he is working on a Wild E. Coyote movie. Oh
5: no! <laughs> that would be awesome.
3: And he has also uh, recently announced that he is writing at least. For the upcoming Starsky and Hutch television series. (laughs) Wow, that's weird. So, didn't he produce Brightburn? Uh, Yes, I believe he did produce it, but that's really all he had involved in it. Again, as a Superman fan,
2: there is this whole thing of evil Superman. And as far as that genre goes, I thought Brightburn was great kind of great and again he they dropped all these little Easter eggs at the end of the movie that I was like you know there's a there's a bad part of me that would actually kind of like to see the rest of the bright burn universe but again that's the thing there is a mainstream Superman that I think has yet to be explored in the 21st century I'll
3: agree at that and state. then
2: there and then there is this this Dark side Superman that has been explored in Invincible, in Brightburn, and the boys, and then the boys, the boys. Yep, that is also legit, but it's I don't the, think it's
1: good to confuse the two. It's the and, movies catching up to the comics from ten, twenty years ago. <laughs>
2: hell no, shit. Yeah, and I will thirty say years this, ago
1: they were doing they were doing evil Superman. I mean, it's it's a, it's a variation of absolute power corrupts, and uh, right. they were they were doing that in the eighties.
2: Right, and I mean that's Frank Miller's take on the whole thing from uh, Dark Knight Returns.
3: Does anybody else have any thoughts on Suicide Squad?
1: Go see it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah. if 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 you're if you're here at this point and you haven't seen it, it's been. Well, I for I can, I can understand why exactly happened. You're, you're here for the car wreck. I will say this, on second viewing, it's even
2: more
3: nuanced than the first viewing. And what are your thoughts? You can write to us, comments at uglycouchshow.com. And until next week, I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander Kane. Mostly. (laughs) check Fandy. Professor Drunk Biggs. And we will talk to you next week in Geek. If we survive the night.
1: Yeah, I've I've got a hangover just from watching these two. Oh, oh my I god! I blame
2: Commander K.
1: Yeah,
2: and the fact that I'm oh. not really an adult at the
3: age of sixty three. And if you're wondering where K, uh, Commander K went during that uh, that whole discussion, well, he was here in in spirit anyway.
2: Right. Oh, he was in spirits all right.
3: <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, whipping us all the bird, the
3: double bird. <laughs> Well, I want oh. to thank uh, Jeff and Andy for, ah! for joining us this evening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you were supposed to do?
5: Yeah,
2: I was thinking about it. I They do karaoke on Thursdays at uh, Millennium Fandom. And uh, so I was toying with the idea of doing it uh, tonight after, after the show. But oh, Kirsten came fine. in and just refilled my... <laughs> Refilled my shot glasses fireball, so I guess I won't be going to that. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I've uh, i been working up Heartlight.
5: <laughs>
2: oh no. The, the, <laughs> yeah.
1: the, the Neil Diamond, Neil Diamond yep. song? Yeah.
5: Turn on your
2: Heartlight.
1: The song let that was it shine inspired.
2: wherever you go. But you can't use just people riffing on it. If you decided
3: to sing Fireball.
5: Fireball!
3: <laughs> well, <the> first... <laughs> well, if you sing it like that, you can sing anything. <laughs> uh, no, no, one would. We're know. not gonna
0: get a copy strike on that one.
3: <laughs> fireball!
5: Fire, fireball! I got fireballs!
2: I got
3: fireballs!
1: There's no karaoke version of it. Wah. That's a shame.
3: What? That There's no fun. karaoke version of a near forgotten song. <laughs> right, <laughs> exactly. How from near, a near they? Forgot- How from a dare Near
1: Mar- uh, marionette show. <laughs> that, that was like Thunderbirds. That was that super marionation shit.
2: Well, yeah, I know. I know what it's from. Hey.
3: <laughs> yeah, instead, why don't you look up the karaoke version of the theme to Lancelot Link? You'll have just as much. <sighs>
2: Wait, hang on.
3: They actually—they just a uh... Link,
2: Secret Chimp, <laughs> No,
5: I'm fine. Get out of here. Get out
2: of here with the fireball.
5: Cut wow. The
2: fireball. Fireball. <laughs> yeah, oh Lordy, Kirsten's trying to get me stupid on this thing.
3: Oh. <laughs> like, Kirsten looks like he's already half stupid. So. It's... <laughs>
0: hey, I don't.
3: He's a crazy kitty.
4: It's... It's Kit any lap but Kirsten Sapansky.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
4: <laughs> pretty much. That's, that's my,
0: you know, it's sad because that's pretty much my love life. <laughs> oh, summed up. Yeah. <clears throat>
4: you just gotta put yourself out there, kid.
0: I wish yeah. I
2: had a girl that would drive her nails into my knee. That would be my...
5: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: That would be fantastic. <laughs>
2: I'm never getting
5: married again.
3: Yeah, under so, editing, I, ha- I have written so far. My notes read: um, "The show." Um, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, folks, it's one of those shows fueled by fireball and Kirsten's insistence.
5: What
0: me?
3: Oh, stop, stop acting like you're not part of the problem here.
0: Right, he's what have I done?
2: Kirsten is a bad influence.
0: I have been here innocent. And what was that word? And innocent. slightly drunk. Fuck you, Jeff.
3: Person, you're not that innocent.
0: And innocent.
3: Jesus Christ, here we are. Not here we go, here we are. <laughs> are we there yet? <laughs> We've been there. Yes.
5: We've been
4: there. Past there. We Good We were there an hour ago, Andy. Where were you?
2: I am wounded.
4: Sober. That's the problem. I'm sober. <laughs> uh, we we'll get
2: yourself a bottle of Fireball. You'll be fine. <laughs> oh, Tom.
4: I, I so feel hard. like I need to apologize for giving Kirsten that bottle of Fireball for his birthday now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay. It's almost done. Holy
4: shit.
2: <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm a quarter inch down.
3: For those at home, Kirsten's gotten up from his perch to, I think, for the 18th time, fill <laughs> his glass. All right.
2: Yeah. Sorry about that. I apologize. No, you don't. And, or past.
1: I do. We're going to re- record Hangover Shock I tomorrow. Do. That'll be but fun. I do,
2: well, exactly. I do have a problem uh, peer pressure, and plus, Fireball is like drinking candy. I'm so sorry, Todd. I apologize. And I apologize for the listeners because, good Lord, the last time I listened to a show where the Fireball was flowing freely, good Lord. Good lord!
3: Oh, just wait till you hear this one!
2: Oh, oh I bet, <laughs> I bet. Tomorrow I'm going to be mortified.
3: That's okay. It's only the internet,
0: <laughs> right? That's Who's true. Really, <laughs> I'm not apologizing because our Q rating is going through the roof. <laughs> We're going to get so recognized. Recognized?
1: Uh, <laughs> uh, oh my God, Miranda, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> things hey, Andy
3: Andy, he didn't say recognize he just mispronounced wrecked.
2: <laughs> giant room with a giant screen. I don't care you... how big your home entertainment system is, how good your stereo system is. It is not the same.
0: Have you seen the size of my TV? I am adequate college professor. Ladies and gentlemen,
1: dueling drunkards.
0: <laughs> On this,
2: I can totally agree with Commander K, even though we will have to fight a duel
3: for her honor. I call this meeting of Dunright Productions to order. Fuck uh, uh, me. Uh,
2: uh, <laughs> I have not drunk anything. Stop it. Get out of here. Get out.
3: Every time. He, oh, every goddamn time.
4: You know, Steve, even just because he gives it to you doesn't mean you have to drink it.
2: I didn't. That's the point. I didn't drink it. But he filled it
3: to the rim. With, with rim. rim? No. If coffee. only. If only.
4: <laughs> they both could use a couple cups of coffee right now.
3: Uh, at this point, I'm going to make them guzzle coffee grounds. Crunch,
4: crunch,
1: crunch.
3: All right, gentlemen, we have four pitches. I don't have Steve. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, I think we're going to institute a new rule after this episode. <laughs> and the rule is you can drink as much as you want, but you have I'm to edit the I'm
5: so sorry.
3: Does Vampire. Vampire. <laughs> Did Kirsten fall out of his chair? (laughs) I think so. so. Let me know.
2: (laughs) I just want to point out, I'm not the drunkest person
0: on the podcast right now. Fuck you, Steve. I'm a charming (laughs) drunk. (laughs) And
2: I'm a goofy drunk, so...
3: And I'm an angry drunk.
0: Oh, no! Oh, (laughs) Oh, no! no! No 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 I'm banned from Gig Shock.
1: Oh Tune in I'm next week going... for intervention in shock. Yeah, yeah. Right.
5: <laughs> <laughs>